Loading. The Crypto Coffee Podcast. Episode 24. The Bad Pioneer Video. The worst exorcism of all time. And selling your soul to play the guitar. Ready. Set. Play. Like, I don't want to teach this man a history lesson. I don't want to teach this man a history lesson. Nah, he needs one. <laughs> I'll tell him a, a cool fact. Uh, I I saw like on an article that like Ben Shapiro wrote down like th- thirty four rules that he follows in life. Really? Yeah. If he wants to learn more, he could uh, Google Ben Shapiro <laughs> rule thirty four. <laughs> 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 I'm so mad. <laughs> he got me. I made eye contact. <laughs> Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the Cryptic Coffee Podcast, where we're talking about Ben Shapiro. <laughs> For no goddamn reason. How are you two, my friends? <laughs> I'm so mad that he got me. I'm genuinely like, what he follows 34 rules i need to know more what are Empress, this? you looked at me like why so why specifically 34? Yeah, like, <laughs> what does 34 have to do what it what the number why look i thought i thought jordan peterson because i know he did 12 rules for life and then he did 12 more so i'm like did he go up to like 34 yeah that's why it was believable jordan also, peterson has a fucking like also, number system fuck jordan peterson by the way really i uh, fuck AJ for jordan uh, jordan peterson bro he is pretty funny I, um, that fucking uh, salt and beef diet. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm following salt and beef diet. It's up in a fucking coma, fucking drug addicted in Russia. Apparently, that's all he can eat. Apparently, if he, like, he has, like, severe allergic reactions. He's so bad at, like, his body's so bad at rejecting food. That's all he could eat. That's what he says. So, what I understand was that his daughter actually, like, suggested a diet to him. And he'd, like, yeah, I'll do it. And then got so fucked up, he ended up in Russia. Fucking. I remember he ended up in a in Russia. Yeah, like, was he in a coma? Uh, I think it was like I heard about something about a coma, but I know he was like drug addicted, like addicted to pills for like a short minute. I don't know if he still is. Sometimes I look at him and I see those fucking eyes, and I'm like, those eyes look soulless. Not even gonna lie. <laughs> I don't hate Jordan Peterson as much as like Ben Shapiro. Yeah, but goddamn, those eyes look like there's nothing in there. Have you do you do you know who these people are? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> that was just so bad. Like, like uh, you and I could probably talk about this the whole whole night. Just we could have a podcast about this. Like, I, I'm down to do a whole episode about fuck Jordan Peterson. We'll do it on another podcast. Fun fact: uh, our friend uh, Shannon's podcast is out now. Oh, Ignorance, yeah. yeah. You and me were on there. The uh, first very episode. first episode talking about WWE. That was a great episode. Me editing that, I had to stop at least five times to laugh every time we talked about WWE. Dude, the thing too is uh, my brother got a WWE network. Oh, really? So I'll be like walking in the kitchen and I'll hear him fucking like, because I, I think what he did was he actually went back as far as he could and just started watching every single fucking episode. He's oh, been doing it for like months great. now. And I'm just like, yo, that's kind of fucking a good idea. Right? You kind of get into it. You're like, uh, should I? Should I? I forgot WWE network was a thing. If I get it, I'm 
probably going to be binge watching the same. I know one of my old coworkers back when I was Queen Mary, he was like, "Get WWE Network. It's so good. It's so worth it." The nostalgia factor alone like hit right? me like a truck, bro. Watching The Undertaker in his prime, <laughs> watching fucking Rock versus uh, Stone Cold. Ooh, that those were the golden years, man. I miss that. Who was your favorite wrestler, Zeus? As a kid, I liked Eddie Guerrero because I liked how he came in with the lowrider. He was pretty <laughs> cool, yeah. Motherfucker taught me to cheat and steal at a, <laughs> such a young age. Rest, Rest in, in peace, peace my boy. <laughs> Rest in peace. Holy shit. But yeah, check that out. Ignorance on Spotify right now. We should be on Apple Podcasts uh, pretty soon and everywhere else you get your uh, podcasts. Hopefully, Shannon will appreciate the shout out. <laughs> how are you guys? If not, then... Uh... I can't crack my you knuckles. You can't crack your knuckles. Let me see if I can. There. You, you get one knuckle crack, Shannon. You get one knuckle. <laughs> cracked one knuckle. I'm cracking mine, but I'm not doing it off mic. <laughs> Guys, I am so happy to see you, actually. I just got off of work, and I had a bad week. You know when you you don't see friends for like a whole for like a while yeah and then you finally you're like oh thank god it's over yeah i felt like work was a punishment this whole week (laughs) and then i'm free now even though we're in a dark room and there's like candlelight and it feels like we're trapped yeah i feel free right now i i was gone for like i was gone for a week i was on a fucking business trip yeah how was that I uh, they were in we were in a heat wave and i had an ac uh uh, hotel room I, I literally uh, stayed in two things. I'm not a people person. <laughs> I got invited to go eat with the away crew. And then um, I was like, look, it sounds fun and all. But I promise you, if I go, I'll do fucking jack shit. I'm like, <laughs> five minutes in, I'm going to want to come back to the hotel room. <laughs> I want to sleep. No, I, I actually spent the entire time working on a story for the podcast. I wrote today's story while I was in the hotel. Oh, nice. I, I found a bunch of other stories, too. I was just like... I was in the zone there, dude. I do remember you sent us either a video or a picture where it was like laptop and then the TV's playing in the background. Yeah, I was watching infographics the entire <laughs> time too. I don't know why. Like, I was just away and I was like, I'm not home. I have, like, do I don't have to worry about shit. And I just put on, I just put on infographics. Mm-hmm. I worked in the pod. I just did that the entire fucking time. I, that's an advance too. I wish more hotels had like uh, internet and on the TV or stuff like that to watch YouTube. Yeah. Because every time I go to a hotel, it's nothing but like Teen Titans go. <laughs> <laughs> For the entire trip, I'm there or like Discovery and watching like Ice Road Truckers. Like I'd never watch these shows ever <laughs> unless I'm some somewhere far away in a fucking random bed. I'm let you know, I don't hate Teen Titans go. It really, there are some fucking uh, clips that I've seen that I was like, Hey, yo, that shit hurt. That shit kills me. <laughs> they do be wildin'. <laughs> they be wildin' for real. I got too old, so I never caught... Uh, I never watched it, so I never was able to be like, oh, like, hate on it. Yeah. Never, it was whatever for me. But it does get annoying because that's all I watch whenever I'm in a hotel. Yeah. Not because of, like, I I hated, like, I love the old T-Tides. I don't like this new one. No, it's just because I've been so overexposed to this shit. I'm just like, come on, man. I've seen the they they do same episode. I've seen like the same episode like three times in one day. <laughs> they don't fucking care anymore. Um, before I like discovered they had YouTube on the TV, I found the Travel Channel and they were doing like a whole fucking just from morning to night, just yeah. poor, pure haunted places, ghost stories. I was like, this is fucking great. Really? I was, dude. I was in the zone there. I was oh, like, I wish I stories. had that. I'm gonna look for the Travel Channel next time then. 
I remember Bert Kreischer had a fucking show on the Travel Channel, and then that's when I discredited everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, the machine? This motherfucker could get a show on this channel? No, this ain't a real channel. <laughs> this is some money laundering shit. That's <laughs> fucking great. So, what did we bring today, boys? Well, actually, first of all, how you doing, Zeus? I'm okay. <laughs> so, I brought... It's <laughs> <laughs> funny, too, because I didn't even get to mention... um. I, uh, I remember last year we, we sat around and I talked about Knott's Berry Farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Knott's Scary Farm. I actually celebrated my three my three anniversary with uh, Jeannie this year at Knott's Scary Farm. Let's give uh, Jose a round of applause. Three years! Also, Knott's Scary Farm is still fucking great. Is it? It's still good. I, I still loved it. Sorry. <laughs> I thought we were still going. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard that they've had like uh, fights at Knott's, right? Yeah, they actually have a, sh- uh, a chaperone, chaperone. Pol- pol- policy now if you're under 21, I think. No, I think if you're, if you're under 18. Yeah, if you're under 18, someone over 21 has to be with you. Yeah. How fucked up are we <laughs> where a kid can't even go to the theme park anymore? You guys are fucking ruining everything, all right? Stop fighting. So, fun fact, too, is um, I was actually looking up uh, reviews to see if, uh, how Universal was worth it. Because I saw they, they've been sold out multiple times a, a week. Mm-hmm. Um, our plan was actually to go to Universal for the anniversary, but it was sold out in the morning. So we think, thankfully we didn't buy tickets. I saw on Twitter people were like, "We bought tickets, waited an hour and a half, and only got only got to do three mazes because all the lines were fucking packed." You know why? They're doing a collaboration with The Weekend this year. Yeah, and all their fans have rushed Universal. It sucks ass because um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I actually really liked Universal, but it wasn't that scary. Mm-hmm. I like their mazes and stuff, but it, you know they have like really good high quality stuff, but. Maze don't really ask her. I walk in fucking first maze. Every single time I, I walk into the fucking maze at, at Knott's, I'm already terrified. And as soon as that first actor jumps, I'm already like screaming my fucking lungs out. Knott's is pretty like high tier as far as mazes. I'm surprised because like the park, I, I don't want to say the park is mid, but the park's kind of mid if you like compare it to like <laughs> other. <laughs> Shut up. <Yeah. laughs> if you compare it to other parks. It's pretty like whatever. It's a cool park. I yeah. like it, and it's cheap. It's one of my favorite parks, but like, still. Yeah, it's it has its two iconic uh, you know coasters, which would be um, Silver Bullet and Ghost Rider. Yeah, but that's about it. That's that's all you go that's for. It. Then you got like what fucking Pony Express, but that's like a kids coaster, not really like it's a like middle ground coaster. Yeah. So you think, oh, whatever they're gonna do for Halloween, it's gonna be on the same level you, as the park. You're gonna think it's probably be like half like mostly childish you think like oh you know it's gonna be for like kids because it's family yeah. there's a bunch of kids walking around so you're like yeah. oh you know it's probably not gonna be scary no i was fucking terrified no knots is pretty cool the way they like they closed the park uh for those who haven't been to not scary farm i'm sure there's a lot of like cedar point fair like uh parks across the world across the country yeah. that are just like knots but like completely different names i'm sure they do the same thing but for not scary farm if you haven't been and uh, the way they like you don't just it's not just open and then you could come in like a regular park at any time you want. You have to be there at a certain time when they open the gates at like what, eight PM, seven, seven? PM? Yeah. And you you as a crowd go you feel like like you're being like herded like cattle. And you're going through this fucking dark area that's full of like fog and mist. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Eventually you go through the park and you start separating, then you could go to like whatever maze you want. But then you realize there's jump scares throughout the entire park itself. There's no point where you could relax. No, there's really not. You're just walking around and all of a sudden a motherfucker in skates just runs up on you and starts like <laughs> sparkling on the yeah. cement. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and there's mist all over you so you can't see like 10 feet in front of you. 
I like it. I legit was gonna. Um, I was thinking about buying a genie some uh, like glow because I saw some girl with like glowing devil horns and I was like, I'm gonna buy those for genie because uh, last year I actually lost her in the mist. The mist really? is thick, so you if you go too deep in, you can't see what's in front of you. Mm-hmm. And I ended up losing her at the in, in the mist one, one uh, last year, and I was like, I'm gonna get some of those for genie so I don't fucking lose her again. Can I tell you the most embarrassing thing I got uh, uh, scared by at knots? What is it? We were hanging around like the area where it's like, uh, what's it called? Uh, Snoopy and friends, like Camp yeah. Snoopy. We're in that area, which is like the most kid-friendly area of the park yeah. during the day. But at night, it's pretty scary. There's nothing but fog and trees. The whole thing is like nature. Yeah. So you feel like you're in Twin Peaks, bro. You think <laughs> <laughs> there's a waterfall nearby that you could hear vaguely, but you can't see it. There's yeah. tall-ass pine trees in front of you. We're just chilling. And like I like you said, the fog is pretty thick. So I don't notice that this little person <laughs> creeps up behind me. And then I look down. There's just a two-foot person looking up at me. And then I yell. <laughs> we all run away. It starts chasing us. Yeah. And then I say the f- most fucked up thing that I said that I think I've ever said. I was like, it's still coming. I called it it. <laughs> I had to go back and be like, I am sorry. I did not mean to call you that. No, no, it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> and then she went to go scare other people. But I'm, I really got scared by this little person. Dude, it's funny enough too because um, Jeannie tells me, everyone's short. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, look at all the scare actors. They're all short. Mm-hmm. I, They were all like shorter than her. So under five foot, like un- under, un- like under five foot two, five foot three. I look at them like, God damn, you are fucking munchkins. Yeah, I think they do it on purpose. It's, it'll be easier to like sneak up on people, basically. That were, Yeah, that's probably it. Speaking of sneaking up on people. Hey, Zeus. Zeus. <laughs> How are you? I'm okay. Would you bring liquid death? Yeah, <laughs> again. <laughs> you know what I brought? Liquid death. I brought liquid death. Zeus got me into it. I, um, I brought in some milk coffee, but I made it from uh, Bones Coffee. Bones if you know uh, Bones Coffee, not a sponsor, but please sponsor us. They uh they make uh, flavored coffee, like ground coffee. So this one is their uh, jacked up uh, pumpkin. What's it called? Uh, jacked lantern, something like that. It's a uh, pumpkin spice uh, coffee. So oh. I decided for the first try, I'm gonna make some milk coffee out of it and bring it here on the podcast. So let's see how this goes. The season has officially started too. I'm seeing pumpkin spice everywhere. Yeah, my sister had bought some uh, pumpkin spice Oreos. Yeah, that's pretty good. Is it? It's pretty good. Let me look up the names. Do you I... want an iPhone now? <laughs> you want to wear leggings? <laughs> oh, but yeah, um, we went to World Market. Oh, I love. Shout out to World Market. Shout out to World Market. And because um, I was wanting to try bone coffee. And while we were there, uh, Jeannie's like, oh, hey, look, check that out. And it was the uh, Bones coffee. It's a... Uh, it's like Jack Doe Lantern or something like that. Anyway, I bought it. I was like, okay, this is going to be something great to try for the pod. And I am not disappointed. Jack Doe Lantern and Bones Coffee. Hmm. Not a sponsor, but you can sponsor be. us. You can be. You can be. Send me some of that uh that mint chocolate chip one. That so, does sound pretty good. I, f- I can't believe I'm actually about to tell you th- this, guys. This is This is a dream come true for me. You guys know how much I love uh, soccer, football for everyone else in the world. Yeah. For the first time ever, my passion for soccer 
and this podcast have crossed lines. What happened? They've crossed streams. Not only has the sport in general. No, 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 no. My favorite team is in this fucking story. Oh, shit. I don't want to read it completely. <laughs> I just want to tell you verbatim like what happened. I might read it for another episode, but here's how it happens. We... My favorite my favorite uh, team is Juventus, uh, Italian National League, uh, Serie A, Juventus. That's my favorite team. They're in Europe. Uh, they wear black and white. That's been my favorite team since I was, uh, I want to say, like 12 years old about that. I've been following them for years. Everyone who knows me basically knows I like soccer. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, sometimes all I post is fucking like highlights. Yeah. Even though most of my friends have no fucking clue what they're watching. Don't you have like a Twitter account just for soccer? I I only have Twitter for soccer now. Like my Twitter account for like with friends, that's dead. <laughs> I haven't been on that a- account in maybe six months. I only go to Twitter for soccer now. Point is, I wake up one morning and the headlines are fucking all over the place. Twitter's going crazy. We just signed a new midfielder. His name is Paul Pogba. He used to play for us. He was great when he was like younger. He was like our wonder kid. We sold him for like a mil- 100 million uh, euros. Then just recently, this summer, we got him back for free. So we literally made a bargain on him. For free? For free. Because he ran out his contract at the, uh, the team we sold him to. And we didn't have to pay anything to get him back. He became a free agent. Yeah. So we sold him for 100 million. He became a free agent like a couple of years later. And then we got him back. So I'm just want to like point out real quick that this is a he's talking about soccer, you know. I'm I'm guessing FIFA, <laughs> talking about selling people, yeah, getting them free, yeah, yeah. We do slavery back in <laughs> back in Europe. They do slavery. It doesn't help that he's uh, specifically FIFA. It doesn't help that Paul Pogba is black. But we're gonna go beyond that. See, I didn't know this, so I apologize. Yeah. Yes. It doesn't help that Paul Pogba is in fact black. He is French, but he is black. See, I was gonna go on a whole. Uh, FIFA tirade, because yeah. I know t- t- uh, FIFA is Oh, we up. could go <laughs> yeah. on for a while. The World Cup is in a few months. Uh, we could go on for a while about FIFA and their corruption. That being said, I like Paul Pogba. He's a great midfielder. He's injury prone. He he tends to get uh, pick up injuries every once in a while, so he's not a consistent player. But when he plays, he's beautiful. Why the fuck am I telling you this <laughs> in the Cryptid Coffee Podcast? Why are we not talking about cryptids and I'm, I'm talking about a soccer player? Well, I wake up. And I see all the headlines. Paul Pogba has accused his brother of, uh, no, not his brother yet. He's been, he says that he's being blackmailed by a group of like gangsters, like a mob. Yeah. Back in France. He's living in Italy, obviously. He plays for Juventus, the Italian team. Back in France, he uh, is being blackmailed by a group. He says that on Twitter. And we're like, what the fuck? Why is he being blackmailed all of a sudden? Then all of a sudden, his brother starts ranting on Twitter. Basically, like, just, you know what you did, Paul. Stop the shit. You know what you did. And we're like, oh, there's family drama. What What the the fuck fuck is is going going on? on? What the fuck is going on? And before all of this, those two brothers, they were seen in public all the time. So it wasn't like, oh, I haven't spoken to him in years. They were close up until this. Yeah. Turns out, Pogba's brother, I think... Uh, I'm not even going to try to say his name. I forget it already. I'm not reading an article. I really just want to pour my emotions into this story. His brother is the one blackmailing him. Apparently, his brother has some dirt on Pogba. Yeah. 
everyone's like, what the fuck did Pogba do? What does his brother have on him? He drops a bomb, a fucking bomb, says that he has a video of Pogba going to a witch doctor (laughs) and casting some fucking spells, not only to like heal himself from his injuries and protect him, he also casts a dark spell on one of his teammates in the French national team. Not my team, Juventus, but like the World Cup teams, like the Mexico, France. His French teammate, Kylian Mbappe. Now, for those of you who know soccer, Kylian Mbappe is probably top three right now in the world. Shout out to those two people who know. (laughs) Probably two. Actually, we have a lot of international listeners. No, no, you're right. You're right. We are actually... Majority of them probably know we're in the minority. Yeah. We actually are pretty big in uh in England and Europe. Shout out to England. Shout out to Poland. Shout out to Brazil. Brazil no soccer like no one else. Kylian Mbappe is probably top three, top two. Some would consider him the best in the world right now. The best there is, the best there was. He is the, best the LeBron James basically. <laughs> he is one of the best in the world, and he's French too, so he plays in the same national team as Pogba. So the news that Pogba. Is probably putting a curse on one of the best players in the world. Is has made fucking headlines. Specifically, like, I don't know. I don't know shit about soccer. Mm-hmm. But aren't these two going to play together? Yes. In the World Cup. Yes. Same team. Yes. My man is out here putting a curse. Yes. I I hope we got a payoff for that shit. Right. And apparently, there's a video. We have not seen the video yet. Now, up until this point, you're like, okay, this is some crazy shit. Because all Pogba has said up until this point is. I'm being blackmailed. This is some bullshit. I'm not going to pay. He has. He's like, my lawyers have been in touch. I am lawyering up. And my brother is uh, going to be lawyer. We're going to settle this out in court. And so, like, as a fan, you're like, okay, it's all bullshit. They're just trying to blackmail him for something else or something like that. Yeah. And they ask him, so the witch doctor, is it true? This is where Pogba fucked up. He said, yes, I did see a witch doctor, but only to cure my injuries. <laughs> so the fact that you're even like admitting that you saw a witch doctor to put like any type of magic on you for soccer is the craziest shit. All right. So for me, I would have been like, my mindset is like, hey, fuck yeah, go for it. But also like, what the fuck? Can you imagine just going back to training and all of your teammates are looking at you like, bro, did you really just get a witch doctor involved in this? <laughs> What did you do to us? So half that team is gonna go to hell. I'd also, he sold half the team to, to to Satan or something. I'd also like to point out the fact that ever since this news came out, my team, my dear Juventus, has been on the biggest losing streak of their fucking life. <laughs> oh shit! We have been losing game after game after game. We haven't. We've won like twice in like the last nine games. There's only like. 30-something games in the whole season. Yeah, so they're already like one-third done. We're fucked. Yeah, we're a fourth of the way there. We're fucked. I don't know how I feel about Pogba anymore. (laughs) I'm so emotional about this. I would say bring your Pogba jersey, but... I don't have one. That's probably going to be like some ingredient for the Witch Doctor. Mm -hmm. Speaking of uh, Juventus and Cursed, you know who also cursed us one time? Drake. What happened? He wore our jersey. Oh, shit. He took a picture of it. Wearing the jersey, he posted it on Instagram, and then we lost like a very big tournament that that year. <laughs> so Drake and Pogba, stop, please, stay away. Don't go to witch doctors. 
It doesn't work. And Pogba's injured right now. He just had surgery. Well, I mean, there's a witch doctor that's like obviously seeing him, so. Mm-hmm. And Mbappe's doing great. <laughs> he's he's scoring goals in France. He plays for a French team. I'm guessing he needs to get a new, a new witch doctor. Yeah, that witch doctor backfired hardcore. So hopefully one of us can bring the story in. But the witch doctor thing. I have been listening to a lot of Kryptonaut uh, podcasts. I am so sorry that I didn't recommend it no, harder. Yeah, you you should have been hard on me. That shit is fucking great. I love that fucking podcast. But the witch in Mexico, bro, the story, oh. it was one of the early on ones, like early 30 episodes. Fuck, that was pretty great. Yeah. We should have like a, oh, we, let's do an episode about just witches in general. Dude, um, I can send you a video from a, the a YouTube channel called Midnight Broadcast. i guessing he just has a bot read 4chan stories. Mm-hmm. And he uploaded one. Uh, Basically, what we do in uh, some episodes here. Yeah, but he he actually like has a bot that just like reads it himself, so he doesn't need to get his voice involved at all whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, he uploaded a video recently about uh Mexican witches. Oh, there are some fucking fire stories in there. I was like, God damn, this is. I'm like, damn, Four Chan, you you're doing some good shit right here. Like either this is fake, or but then again, it was like you know people from Mexico like, oh you know my family. This is a story from their village, or I went to this village recently, and and fun fact on that thumbnail is an owl. Oh yeah. So I no, was like, was like, you know, yeah, you know, it's real. You at least it's authentic. You know, like Mexicans are I involved. I saw here. the owl, and yeah. I was like, this is this is legit. He did his research. It's not some white guy talking about witches in Mexico. It's coming from Mexicans. Yeah. So even if it's fake, it's still there's a little taste of authenticity you there. See, like you, you see felt that, that owl, and you're like, you know, you, you know, that culture. Like, there's some research done there, so uh, midnight broadcast, 4chan, uh, Mexican witch stories, a great fucking video, a good fucking story. I actually have a witch uh, doctor uh, story. Really? I'm not gonna say it here; it's too long. That might be a, a, an episode within itself, maybe for the Halloween special. But yeah, I have a full blown witch doctor story that my sister experienced. It is the craziest thing I've ever heard. I can't fucking wait. Stay tuned, people. I wish I had some cool stories like that. I mean, it, obviously, it's not cool, like, if you went through it, but, like, it's cool to hear it. I took it back immediately. I'm like, well, obviously, like, you know, if, like, your sister was, like, after that whole incident, she probably didn't, wasn't like, oh, that was, like, a one-in-a-lifetime chance. Bro, she was traumatized. Yeah, that's why I was like, "Well, actually, let me uh, let me take it back." <laughs> she told me that story one time when I was like seventeen. Yeah, and then every time I would try to prick her to tell me again so I could like write it down, she would say no. She hard pass. Yeah. She would be like, "No, I don't want to relive that ever again. I don't even want to tell." It. it took me ten years, about ten years. To get her to tell me that story again. It was through a phone call. She was drunk. She, We were getting emotional. She was going through some shit. And I was giving her like advice. And then I finally cracked her. It took me 10 years. But she was traumatized. Was <laughs> so just yeah. the, the image of the, her telling me the first time like, Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a great story. But we'll save it for another podcast. But today right. we have great stories as well. But before that, I actually want we want to give a shout out to um, well his name on Instagram. We have a failed story as well. We had something great planned for you guys today. We, yeah, we'll we'll get him on here uh, when we can, but because fucking technical issues. Mm-hmm. But shout out to as his name on Instagram, Bog Monster Enthusiast. I like that name. 
It's a great name, and um, for anyone interested, he you know he came uh, he messaged us, said, "Hey, I have some stories I would like to tell, and we want to get him on the pod. We tried to get him on the pod, but we had some technical issues, so we can't." He was supposed to be here today, well, through phone call, yeah. but yeah, we can't set up the phone. And um, he actually has a Twitch channel, Stygian uh, Spectre. So if you guys want to check him out, twitch.tv slash Stygian Spectre. Check him out. Hopefully we can get him on. Hopefully we get those uh, stories. Because these aren't just like, all oh, the stories I saw. These are family stories, apparently. So yeah, let's hope we can get them on soon. Just like the Mexican witches. Anytime it's a family story, just a little bit more authentic. Just a little more culture in those there. are always I, I find those. those are always better uh-huh i'm gonna bring some atole when we get him on Ooh, fuck the coffee we're gonna get some atole little abuelita hot chocolate Ooh. yeah <laughs> even zeus was like Ooh. <laughs> we got that reaction that one got you, know you, know <laughs> you know it's good but let's not uh be too sad about missed stories those will come in the future we do have some good stories today does anyone want to start us off it's between me and you zeus do you want to flip a coin or you just want to choose? Yeah, I could choose. Okay. You. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Efren, Efren, Ma. I choose you. You got a story. I can't fucking sing. <laughs> Me sweating my ass off. Yes, sir. Yes. I'll do it right now. So, I actually was doing another story and then I ran into this and it became my main story. Yeah. So much that it's going to be a two-parter. Not Ooh. so much where it's like, the, you're going to get the complete story. Today, I'm just reading the comments of what I ran into. This is how fucking scary this is. Yeah. Have you guys ever heard of the Bad Pioneer video? No. No. So this shit freaked me the fuck out. I am still scared. Hey, if there's a video, do you know where our fans can go see it? Uh, No, it's a 30-minute video. Oh, <laughs> fuck! <laughs> <laughs> edit that fucking video so we can put on the fucking instagram at cryptic coffee pod yeah at cryptic coffee pod i am gonna edit it the the video itself i'm still working on it i am actually planning to like um edit it like the whole 30 minute video into little clips to help like show you guys that's gonna be next episode today i'm just gonna uh talk about the comments that i saw about under this video yeah let me just give you a brief uh overview of the video itself so I was on the 411 missing uh, subreddit. Yeah. And then they just started talking about like, I forget what they were talking about, but someone mentions the Bad Pioneer video. Apparently, this is one of the most credible sources for uh, like f- missing 411. I doubt it, but it is the creepiest shit I've seen in recent memory. So it takes place in Russia. That's how you know it's already bad. <laughs> There's a guy named Sergey. He's a hunter. Yeah. He says that he's going to go hunt in the, oh, I forget what it's called. It's basically the cold forest in Siberia. Yeah. So for those of you know who don't know, Siberia, very secluded. There is fuck all at Siberia. There is absolutely nothing there. Imagine Yosemite times 100. Like, there is <laughs> nothing in Siberia. No civilizations have ever, like, touched. There's parts of Siberia that humans have probably never even touched throughout all of history. No roads there. There's no towns, no villages. There's no system. Here in America, we have a very big, like, uh, forest road system where we could literally travel through mountains. Fucking Colorado itself. The fact that Denver exists is amazing. <laughs> so, um, when I was coming back from Oregon, I took Highway 1. That's which a big goes, highway. I fucking hate that. Yeah. I fucking hate that shit. It was one lane. 
And it was a fucking long one. I swear to God, I thought I was going to fucking die on that shit. That is a scary highway. If you ever drive through Big Sur, if you ever even just go to Oregon itself, the fact that people live in Oregon is scary. (laughs) (laughs) People in Oregon, message us. How you do it? Day to day. How you get milk? How you do that? How you do that? (laughs) So look, I was going to, you know, I'm sorry to cut cut away from your story, but speaking of Oregon, I kind of want to give a shout out to fucking people of Portland right now. Really? So uh, when we were over there, we went to Japanese, uh, the Japanese gardens. And my girlfriend bought these two little charms. And because my dumbass didn't know how fucking fragile this was, I accidentally broke hers. Aww. So uh, a few months ago, I actually went on Reddit and I said, hey, um, we went to this, you know, went to Japanese gardens. I uh, accidentally broke my girlfriend's bell. Can anyone who, wor- like anyone who lives in Portland, can one of y'all go buy me this bell and ship it to me? I will pay you like, I'll, I'll, tell, like, I'll pay a reasonable fee. Yeah. And so many people messaged me. Oh, hey, I work there. Hey, I volunteer there. Oh, you know, I was actually planning on go, but I needed a reason to go. We'll, we'll like, we'll buy it and we'll ship it to you. Mm-hmm. I was super excited. It turns out uh, at the moment they're out of stock. Aww. But shout out to people of Oregon or people of Portland, Oregon, who were like, immediately jumped on the chance to be like, hey, look, I needed a reason to go. Hey, yo, I volunteer here. I kind of work here. I can call them and see if they have it. These people were like, went fucking ham trying to get me this fucking thing. That's so genuinely wholesome, dude. It really is. It's almost like pen pals type, like, oh, that's great. I mean, I started to do with the, like, some racism over there, but the people who are in Portland who, shout out, shout out to y'all on the fucking subreddit who immediately went like, yeah, let's do this. Let's get this, like, let's get this done. Yeah. And oh, then, that's of course, amazing. Then, of course, well, like, so one of us was like, wouldn't it be better to, like, see if you can buy it over there? I'm like, yes. But the story of fucking Reddit coming together to get me this charm to my girlfriend yeah, I'm that's pre- definitely a lot better. Yeah, I'm like, I'm pretty sure we could go on eBay and find it, but this story is way better. This brings people together. <laughs> yeah, this is. Yeah, I'd rather this over any other type. Cause yeah, I could probably find it like in a. I could probably go to Little Tokyo and buy the charm myself. Right. But the story of like, I went on Reddit. I said, Hey, can one of y'all go to the, pay the pay the entry fee? Right. Go to the garden, buy the charm, ship it to me in Bellflower, and then you know. It's so many stories in one. It's the re- it's like the redemption of what you did. Yeah. It's still another charm from Portland. So it's not just something you've bought on the internet or went here to Little Tokyo in LA. Yeah. It's still from Oregon. So it still has that specialty that the original had. Yeah. And the, on top of that, other people were involved. And it, it brings a second bond between just <laughs> random people that you've never met who are just willing to help you out. That's such a great story. So, yeah. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to Portland. How y'all do it? <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. How y'all live up there? I say it like I don't want to fucking live in the Pacific Northwest with oh, trees all over me. Dude, I, I legit wanted to live in the Pacific Northwest. I, it's one of my dreams is to like fucking just live in some fucking area that looks like Gravity Falls. Yeah. Washington, Oregon, even Canada, British Columbia looks amazing. Fucking first night if Rain lives there, he's just like... Man, this is pretty relaxing. And then just the first noise in the middle of the night. What the fuck was that? <laughs> I moved back suddenly. And yeah. you guys are like, what happened? I don't want to talk about it. Hey, let's not forget that this man constantly takes edibles and just like oh, zones off for a minute. I don't want to be in the Pacific Northwest with edibles. That might be the worst experience ever. I had a friend who uh, moved to the, uh, who moved, uh, moved like, you know, Midwest. He took an edible. <laughs> Actually, no, it wasn't even edible. Might have been something else. LSD. 
Maybe. I'm not going to confirm or deny that. Just, Mexican black tar heroin. Just, I will neither confirm or deny just because the feds. <laughs> I don't want to get my man arrested here. That is a federally illegal drug. He was, I, I believe his apartment was on the first floor. Mm-hmm. And um, he heard something straight. He took one and he was like, you know, zoned out. He heard a strange noise outside of his, uh, you know, outside of his window. And he saw a strange movement. And he was just like this. He was uh, sending me voice messages, and he's like, "Hey, man, this doesn't sound normal. This doesn't sound human." Keep in mind, he's drugged the fuck out, and yeah. he just doesn't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> and I remember one of the last things I heard uh, from from that night was, "Okay, I'll message you later. Uh, my girlfriend's almost home. I'm gonna go wait out for her because I'm scared about what the fuck is out there." <laughs> he's completely fine, guys. Don't worry. He, uh, he turns moved, out it was the mailman. <laughs> he, <laughs> he moved back to. Uh, la county uh, a couple months ago so i know he's safe but that's one of my favorite stories is like this dude was drugged out of his fucking mind just like freaking out keep Hard. in mind he was in not deer territory oh really he was in not deer territory oh yeah because when i think the midwest i think the rust belt but yeah. people forget that is could also be just either butt fuck country <laughs> like nothing but corn or just not yeah. deer and territory is, he wasn't in a city either he was in a small town yeah so he was already like in a place surrounded by you know trees Maybe like forest. I never got that much information out of him, but he was in not deer territory. Oh God! Shout out to the Midwest. How y'all do it? <laughs> he was nah. Better question. How y'all make all that cheese? <laughs> he was high as hell fighting his demons. Yeah. <laughs> There's just a dog outside. Yeah. He's over here paranoid. Well, going back to Russia, we're in the middle of the Siberian wilderness, guys. This motherfucker Sergey, he's just like, yeah, I'm a hunter. Yeah, I'd be camping here. I'd be doing shit here. I hunt elk. He loves elk. He's a Siberian Joe Rogan, basically. <laughs> Doesn't He's not afraid of anything. He's got a gun with him. He's like, it's fine. Does I'm he have a podcast? I wish he actually does uh, show up on some YouTube channels, <laughs> but no podcast yet. Sergey, you want to come on? That being said, he makes a video where he says that he's going to camp one night in, uh, in the wilderness. He's going to try to hunt some elk. And he has his phone with him. Siberian wilderness, let me emphasize the fact. He is in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. Cell phones don't reach. There is no roads. He is literally as far away from civilization as you can be other than Antarctica. That's how bad my boy Sergey is. The whole video, basically, it's a whole 30-minute video where where he starts. He says that he starts hearing shit, and then he starts recording. And for the whole 30-minute video, you hear a lot of shit with him. You hear women crying. You hear men screaming. You hear what, like, sounds like construction work. You hear footsteps. You hear you hear a monkey at one point. <laughs> Look, this is funny. No, but- it's funny because we're, <laughs> no. we're here. There's three no. of us right now looking at each other. This sounds funny. But I got goosebumps right now. Yeah. I am just like, fucking tell me more. I am in. I'm tell laughing. me more. I'm laughing because I got my two friends with me. But <laughs> watching this video, I was terrified. I had my I had my eyes closed when you were explaining it, and when you're like, and at some point he heard a monkey, and I just imagined like Donkey Kong for some reason, <laughs> just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a proper. <laughs> It was a proper monkey call. Like you describing it, I'm already terrified because my mind is racing through the possibilities of what missing 411 can be now. Yeah. 
it is a shitload. It is a cacophony of noises that make no goddamn sense. Yeah. And he is nowhere near civilization where anyone should be able to like to find him. There's one point where to me it's the scariest part where he he gets so scared he he has to climb a tree. He climbs a tree and he stays there for like a solid I think like a few hours basically. Yeah. He hears the thing get closer. The whole time it's getting closer by the way. It's never leaving. Yeah. He hears it get closer, and then all of a sudden, you just hear in the video someone, like, almost as if, like, whatever's looking for him acknowledges him that he's up in the tree. Yeah. All you hear is, like, eh. And then he shoots his gun, like, three times, and it's loud as well, like, pa, 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 pa. And on the third one or fourth one, you could hear a man screaming as if he got shot. Now, this is all good. I really, I'm going to show you all of this, all these audios on the next episode. Yeah. But this shit is creepy. It is the scariest thing I've seen in a while. I'm talking maybe a few years because I'm I don't get that scared when I watch some of these stuff. Yeah. I'm pretty like callous to it. I'd be watching like Nuke Nuke's top five. I'm like that's fake. Yeah. Even here on this show, sometimes I'd be like, yeah, this is fake probably. <laughs> but this scared the fuck out of me. This had no, me dude, scared. I got goosebumps just thinking about it. So as I was watching this video, I could not keep my eyes off the comments as well because a bunch of Russians were just commenting personal stories that they all like experienced in the uh, Siberian wilderness. And let me tell you some. Now this is translated by Google. So it's not going to be 100%. They're speaking Russian. Yeah. I'm just translated through Google. So it might not be a uh, work perfect part of, part of it might be my shitty reading. <laughs> we'll get <laughs> through it. So, uh, Alexandro Kakapetenko says, I don't know if that's his name or not. The son of a very skilled hunter told me once a story. In 2015, we worked in the Far East with the guys. Now, Far East doesn't mean China. It means Siberia. Keep in mind, yeah. uh, Russia just does go all the way basically to China. One of our team was called Ruslan, who told us the story that plunged his father into violent fear. Ruslan, with his father and company of several other hunters, went to the forest every summer for two to three months to hunt and enjoy nature. So, Ruslan would have spent his, uh, all his childhood summers on the hunt, if not for one thing. On one of the trips, our colleagues rested in a tent and waited for his father with friends. He was hungry and was waiting for his father to finally bring the booty. <laughs> I love translating. <laughs> to finally bring the booty. His father. And his father. His to, father. He's waiting for his father to finally bring the booty and make a delicious stew. <laughs> I'm going to say some fucking house Tigerian shit. <laughs> Obviously, he's talking about the elk or whatever they're hunting. Bring, bring back the, the prize or whatever or the game and make a delicious stew. After some time. He saw how his friends and his father were running out of the bushes at an unrealistic speed. In the shortest possible time, all the tents and equipment were assembled, and the men made a collegial decision to return home. So they're in the middle of the hunt. Yeah. He's waiting for them to come back with something. He sees them running from the bushes. They pack up, and they go home halfway through the fucking uh, hunt. Ruslan questions his father. And his father only answered, when you grow up, I'll tell you. So, a couple years passed. This story came to mind between them. 
And Ruslan asks once more. And then the father told him what really happened. He says, when we with the peasants, I don't know what that means, I guess Russians have slaves too, went along the path to go on to the elk, passing by a tree under which we like to rest. So they have a favorite tree that they like to either uh, sit by and wait for the elk to uh, pass or like, do you guys know how some people hunt? No, some people no. like to like climb trees and like wait for something. They are like as quiet as possible. Yeah. So when an elk uh, passes by and he doesn't see that someone's on a fucking humans on the tree with a rifle, you just shoot him close range. Yeah. And I'm guessing maybe that's how. Point is, they get to one of their favorite trees, one of their favorite spots. When they get there, they heard some strange drops. They came a little closer, and they saw that the grass and some part of the trunk were stained with something. It was crimson. Uncle Yegor, one of the first to raise his head up, said a loud obscenity, after which, for some time, he was in shock and could not speak. We, without hesitation, looked up and saw this. A cedar, a 30 to 40 meter high cedar tree, which is about 100 to 120 feet. And on the third of its height, so pretty decent, like 50 feet, 50, 40 feet up. On one of the broken forks of the trunk, a large branch, basically, there was a hefty bear that was strung through the anus and the branch went out through its mouth. In the 20 years of hunting, we have never seen this and there is no logical explanation we found and learned from friends. We could not give a clear answer. How crazy we ran from there. And did not go to those places anymore. Fuck. It's brutal. That is not something you want to see. No. Imagine a giant grizzly bear just fucking spiked, basically. Yeah. Uh, fucking, what's his name? Uh, Vlad the Impaler style. Yeah. Or Hannibal, Col- uh, Hannibal Cannibal Holocaust. I, I've, oh, I've been listening to the Game of Thrones audiobook, so I was about to say he got Ned Stark. He got Ned Stark, basically. He got Ned Stark. Yeah, that's and it's a tall ass tree, so nothing can do something like that. The explanation I'm thinking is bears do tend to climb trees, but he but said still, it's a hefty bear. Yeah, it's Look, a big bear. Because I thought that too. I'm like maybe the the bear. Because before you went for you said oh there's a saw grizzly. Oh maybe the bear climbed up. Maybe somebody built a fucking platform all the way up there. Bear climbed up. Hey look, I got some something to like stand on. Mm-hmm. When you said what the fuck, how they saw it, I was like oh god. Yeah. The branch went through its anus and it ended up out of his mouth. See, you can't do that yeah. unless like the bears fucking just did it himself. But and you have wh- to be perfect with it because yeah. like, say you stab a bear so hard that it co- it goes in one end and it comes out the other end. Yeah, it might come out through his chest. You have to be specific for it to come out of its mouth. And that- how high you said it was? So the tree itself was forty to thirty, thirty to forty meters. If you do the math, that's 90 to 120 feet yeah he was a third way up so about 40 yeah 40 feet in the air 40 feet is a long way yeah a fucking another bear wouldn't be able to do that another human wouldn't be able to do that unless they had some fucking way of doing it bears can climb trees but they say a hefty bear so a giant grizzly bear can't climb a tree like that not even that high either like you would think a bear would not do that to itself probably a horny bear just went too fucking far. Went too far. 
has science gone too far? <laughs> I missed that meme. <laughs> Another Russian was a little more rational with his comment. I want to bring this just for my own sanity because <laughs> hopefully it'll like calm down any kind of nerves I had. If you hear a woman screaming and crying in the night forest, it's probably foxes. If you hear a dull muttering or crazy laughter coming from the thicket, it's probably an eagle owl. If you hear heavy steps approaching you, but you don't see anyone, it's probably a hedgehog stomping. And if a man screams terribly in the forest, this means September is in the yard and the moose have started rutting. So, hopefully that's probably what that it is. That last one, though? <laughs> the moose have started rutting. I I don't know what that means. I yeah. don't care oh. enough to find out. I was like, what, what does that mean? It's when they start doing their sacrificial uh, rituals. The moose? Yes. Excuse me? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, look, I am fucking scared, bro, because that does sound like, you know, I try to rationalize. Yeah. But that last one sounds so off, you, you'd probably think they're just fucking joking. Yeah. I just like to imagine a bunch of moose in the forest with, like, hoods. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically mating. Just some mooses fucking. Yeah. Just... They sound like men screaming. <laughs> Imagine you're somewhere in like North Dakota. You hear, ah! <laughs> what's Ooh. that? Oh, the moose is making babies. <laughs> it's mating season. It's mating season. Although, to be fair, if you listen to a moose, that motherfucker sounds fucking scary as it is, let alone having sex. Uh, they're big as fuck. Yeah. There is another one. Basically, I don't want to read the whole thing, but. His grandpa got stuck in the forest. Yeah. He was hiking and he couldn't find his way back home. Eventually, he finds some people and they have a little hut in the middle of the forest. They bring him in, they keep him warm, and they give him some tea. And then they tell him how to get out. And then he gets out. He's actually in civilization. But when he tells his story, everyone's like, no one lives in the forest. Bruh. <laughs> Yeah, so there's a. I noticed that that came up a lot actually in these comment section. Apparently, there's a same way we have like Bigfoot myths. Yeah, they have forest people myths. Like, uh, to them, there's people that li live in the forest that have huts and everything, but they don't exist in real life. That's pretty crazy. That is fucking insane. That's scary because that's some like once again that's some Bigfoot shit. That's some uh. Silly white man. White people can't see devils. Oh, that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically like that. Yeah. But Russians, you guys are crazy. I can't wait for you guys to hear the, the audio that I'm going to bring next Dude, week. I can't wait for us to put that shit, post that shit Sergei on Instagram. is a fucking badass. I'll tell you that much. He just had his gun and that's all he needed. He survived. He made it. Uploaded the video. And then uh, Bad Pioneer is a YouTube channel. Yeah, that uploaded that video. He basically, I want to say he made him famous, but he like uh, platformed him a yeah. lot. That's why it's called the Bad Pioneer video. That's where it really got like a lot of traction. Uh, uh, keep keep your eyes on the Instagram for the for like clips of that because I really want us to like post clips of that on yeah. the Instagram. You guys should try to watch that video sometime this week. Well, I'm going to try to watch it. Not tonight. No, but I'm no. going to try to watch it. It's too late already. If I try to watch it, I'm gonna fall asleep. <laughs> It's it's super long, yeah. It's... And then you might actually get a, like an actual sleep schedule now. Yeah. Hey, watch it. <laughs> so that's my story for today. I'm gonna wake up to like the gunshots 
<laughs> they are fucking loud. Because you're obviously with headphones. You're like trying to listen to every single little thing. Nah, fuck that. I'm going to have it on, on a speaker. Joe's oh. going to hear all that shit. <laughs> I share a room with my brother, so he's going to have to endure all that, all that audio. All you're going to hear is, Ugh, and then just four fucking loud-ass bangs. He's going to wake up and be like, what the fuck are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's a lot of dead noise between those. Like, there's a long spaces where he's just, like, filming nothing. Uh, it'll be pretty easy to, like, edit it then. Like, yeah. If we do want to post it. Yeah, it's a couple seconds of audio. We'll we'll post it. Do you edit it and it's only, like, five seconds long? <laughs> it's a 30-minute video, too. Yeah, 30-minute video, but only, like, five seconds worth of content. <laughs> that's That's how I felt. I was terrified the whole time. So, Zeus? Well, I brought um, the possession of Michael Taylor. Who is Michael? And why is he a Taylor? <laughs> Good night, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, the quiet town of Osset near West Yorkshire, England, wouldn't strike most as the sort of place where sensational bloody murder and talk of exorcism and rampaging malevolent demons would erupt. <laughs> Yet here it is in the sleepy town of 17,000 where our sinister story begins. Why does every fucking town in England sound like hell? (laughs) It is. (laughs) They have like 200 ghosts each. This is England. You crazy. How you do it? How you do do it, English? I actually do have a... You have an English story? Well, not for tonight. I do have one in the pipeline. All right. (laughs) Well, dude, fucking remember when I was posting the well, so on the Instagram Crypto Coffee Pod, I put po- I on occasion I'll post uh, ghost uh, pictures, and, yeah, you know, with a little story attached to it. There was a solid moment where every single post you had was, was England. from England. <laughs> yeah, it was majorly England. God damn! And even I like acknowledged. I'm like, why is it England again? These are the only good ones I could find. Shout out to England. The Queen just died. <laughs> Zeus. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> <laughs> there's a joke there somewhere <laughs> but they're in mourning yeah sorry guys we're too american we're we're not gonna be mourning in 1974 31 year old michael taylor his wife christine their five children and their poodle offset no wait and their poodle called offset home their family was considered mostly a cheerful and happy one by their neighbors with Michael described as a generally kind, mild-mannered, and loving father and husband. Although he was sometimes prone to minor bouts of depression due to a severe back injury that had left him with chronic pain and an inability to find long-term employment. That'll do it. Otherwise, there was no indication that anything was amiss or unusual in the Taylor household, and neighbors would later report that the sound of laughter and joy emanating from the home was quite common. Although Osset had a, had a population that was highly religious, with most regularly attending church, the Taylors had never been particularly devout, and they mostly skipped church services held near where they lived. Perhaps it was this apparent lack of interest in religion that prompted a friend of Taylor's, Barbara Wardman, to introduce him to a church group called the Christian Fellowship Group, which was led by 21-year-old Mary Robinson. The previously non-religious Michael began to attend regular meetings of the group, 
became acquainted with their teachings and quickly fell under the spell of the charismatic preacher Robinson. In fact, it soon became clear that Michael had become rather enamored. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, enamored. Enamored with the young woman and began spending an inappropriate amount of time with her, attending more and more meetings and gatherings of the group, and even joining Robinson in congregations where they would use, quote-unquote, the power of God <laughs> to exercise people of their sins and speak in tongues, as well as engage in private rituals in which both Michael and Robinson would stay up all night making the sign of the cross at each other in order to ward off what they believed was the evil power of the full moon. <laughs> what the fuck? On top of this, Michael's attitude at home began to change as well, and he was more irritable, argument, argumentative, and sullen towards his family, with whom he was spending less and less time. This was totally unlike the easygoing, peaceful way Michael had once been, and it was assumed that the church group was somehow exerting a negative influence on him. It got to the point where Michael's increasingly bizarre beliefs, uncharacteristic erratic behavior, bad attitude, and infatuation with Robinson became quite obvious to those around him, most notably his wife Christine. During one congregation, Christine suddenly decided to confront Michael about his relationship with the preacher and accused him of being unfaithful. Christine then told him and Marie to please go upstairs and resolve this quote-unquote tension. (laughs) (laughs) Then when they went to do so, Michael of course was under the impression Marie was attracted to him. To his surprise, this wasn't the case. This motherfucker. And most cults ran by men are very sexual, but this was Marie's way gaining power, I guess. So she let him down easy after he went in for a kiss and told him, Mike, you know all this is wrong. You know you love Chris, his wife. When Christine returned, Robinson told her, We have won a great victory for the Lord. A miracle has happened. We have both overcome our passions. It was at this point where his behavior would take a turn for the worse. Michael is reported to have felt an evil influence cast a shadow over him, and then, compelled by this force, turned his inexplicable sudden fury on Robinson, lashing out at her verbally and physically to the point that several other churchgoers had to physically restrain him before he seriously hurt someone. Robinson herself would later testify to what happened, saying, I suddenly glanced at Mike and his whole features changed. He looked almost bestial. He kept looking at me and there was a really wild look in his eyes. I started screaming at him out of fear. I started speaking in tongues. Mike also screamed at me in tongues. I was on the verge of death and I seemed to come to my senses. I knew that only the name of Jesus would save me and I just started saying over and over again, Jesus. When Christine heard me calling on the name of Jesus, she started saying it too and I believe firmly that it was only by calling on his name that I was not killed. Michael would claim later to have no memory of the incident. Despite the frightening, violent outburst, the following day, Michael received full forgiveness from Robinson and a church absolution for what what had happened. However, no one would really forget what had happened, and a close eye was kept on Michael in the wake of his episode. Good. (laughs) (laughs) After something like that. That's what they should have done to the fucking werewolf guy that you brought up. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Should have kept an eye on him. This is a classic happy marriage until a homewrecker comes in and ruins it story. But with a twist. Yeah, a demon incel (laughs) gets rejected by the woman. Oh, this is weird. It became apparent that his deteriorating, out-of-character behavior showed no signs of changing, 
that his sanity was peeling away, and in fact he got worse as time went on, alerting several local ministers to the realization that he might be under the influence of demonic forces. The local vicar came to the conclusion that an exorcism should be performed on Michael, and two ministers by the names of Father Peter Vincent and Reverend Raymond Smith were brought in to carry it out. The date and time for the exorcism was set for midnight on the 5th of October 1974 at St. Thames Church in nearby Barnsley. And on that night, the two ministers began a ritual which would prove to be a harrowing affair that would last throughout the night and well into the morning. As soon as the exorcism began, Michael went into uncontrollable convulsions and fits and bouts of scratching, spitting, and biting, which required that he be force- forcefully tied to the floor. Not the Damn, bed, the floor. The bed, the floor. <laughs> we need hardwood for this. <laughs> Over the next eight hours, Michael was subjected to having crucifixes shoved into his mouth, Jesus, be- being doused with holy water, and being forced to confess his sins. Is this an exorcism or a beatdown? Is he, <laughs> is he a Russian bear? <laughs> All the while growling and snapping at anyone who came near him. He is a Russian bear! Bro, not even that. This is fucking the South End werewolf. (laughs) We're going back to the story. I actually got a few uh, recent messages about that story. People really liked it. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, y'all, this is uh, part two of that. I don't see how crucifixes in your mouth help in any way. (laughs) No, no. That wasn't... (laughs) Being shoved into his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't to help. That was just because they wanted to see if they could do it. This is the priest's experiment. <laughs> this is exorcism 2.0. This might work. <laughs> it didn't work. It slightly gets better. Quick, pull his pants down. They they fucking they fucking shove a crucifix down his fucking mouth, and then the next thing they're like waterboarding him with holy water. <laughs> like what? <laughs> they're, they're, bro, imagine you get jumped by a bunch of priests. <laughs> And they're Holy gay. Beat down, Batman. They're all wearing blue bandanas. <laughs> One's crip walking for no reason. Hey, yo, somebody get the holy water. Uh, do you guys know what the Shroud of Turin is? Yeah. They're using that to waterboard <laughs> with holy water. It's the face of Jesus looking at you while you're being waterboarded. It's just the other priest is like, I think we're going to can't get it too intense here don't you think and just the other priest like you what he's having (laughs) (laughs) you imagine the pope just getting this news like sir there's been a hate crime (laughs) the cardinals must be fired (laughs) this is so horrible They really beat this man. They beat the fuck out of <laughs> this was a torture session, and they disguised it. Oh no! They did not the, like this man at all. No. Uh, the the priest in charge of the exorcism claimed that it was ascertained that forty demons inhabited Michael's body. That's a lot. Including those representative of incest, bestiality, blasphemy, lewdness, heresy, masochism, and carnal knowledge. Hey, yo. I have heard a, not this exact story, 
But I've heard of multiple stories where multiple demons have been in like in one body. Really? I've never heard of this. Yeah, I I've heard some stuff like that too, where it's they think it's just one, but then when the exorcism it, the exorcism happens, they're like, "Well, it was more than we thought." <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's a worse. But thought. Uh, this is like the one story that I read where I was like, when when I first heard it, and I was like, you know, at least they got rid of the demon. And then I read 40, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> hey, what? <laughs> okay, maybe it makes sense. Maybe you need an extra or exorcism to get rid of no, 40. No wonder they went ham on him. <laughs> they weren't beating him. They were beating the demons out of him. They were beating a fourth of hell. In they, <laughs> they just needed Bob Ross with the paintbrush. Like, beat the devil out of the paintbrush. Yeah. <laughs> oh. This story took a turn. <laughs> I love this story. <laughs> these, these. <laughs> Once again, is this with the fire, right? <laughs> these alleged demons did not go easily. Each one having to be reportedly dragged out, kicking and screaming. No. And by 8 a.m. on October 6th, the priests carrying out the exorcism were exhausted and could no longer continue. It was decided that the exorcism would have to be finished at a later time. Although the priests claimed that three demons those of insanity, anger, and murder, were still stubbornly digging their claws into Michael and had not been successfully removed yet. Uh, so yeah, they thought, let's tell this crazy guy we just tortured for the last eight hours that he has these demons still in him and save the worst for last. Yeah, not their best decision. For all they know, they just made everything worse. And uh, it, it did get worse from there. Oh, God. There's still a bit more uh, to this story. Imagine getting your ass beat and like, all right, we're going to have to make another appointment. You free next Thursday at five. The thing is, it's not the first I've heard something like this. Where, Postponing an uh, exorcism? No, where um, it's it gets worse. They, they think they, the, the job is done. Oh, yeah. But no, it gets worse. That's almost a classic trope, too. It, it's at this point, it is a trope of, all right, cool. I think we, we, could, I think we got the demons out. Yeah. Oh, shit. Never mind. Why is the bed floating? <laughs> Whether there were really demons still infesting Michael Taylor's body or not, what would follow was nothing short of pure evil and stark insanity nevertheless. At 10 a.m. the same that same day, a mere two hours after they had been sent home from the church, Michael brutally attacked and killed his wife Christine in their home in an incredibly ferocious manner, strangling her to death with his bare hands, gouging out her eyes, tearing out her tongue, and ripping most of her face off in a ghastly display of violence. Oh, this did take a dark turn. That went soft so fast. Oh, my God. He went chimp. Yeah. Uh, when he was finished with his dark deed, he then grabbed his family dog, the family dog, and slaughtered it as well, tearing it practically limb from limb. Michael must have made for a grim sight as he left his home and wandered out into the street, naked, covered in blood, his body slicked with it, stumbling about aimlessly and maniacally shouting it's the blood of satan over and over again this was the state in which a passing patrol car found him and soon after they would find the the badly mutilated bodies of christine taylor and their dogs sprawled out in pools of blood upon the floor of the home was this a possessed man or just a madman looking for an excuse to be crazy if you'd just been through 40 exorcisms you might be a bit crazy too Michael would state during his testimony that he had no re recollection of the actual killing, that he had been under the control of evil supernatural forces, and that he had suspected that his wife had also been possessed by demons. 
During the proceedings, it was pointed out that the Christian Fellowship Group had been more like a fanatical cult, influencing Michael with potent mind control and indoctrinate indoctrination. Yeah, uh, exacerbating any mental issues he had he had already had. And at one point, the group was described as neurotics feeding neurosis to a neurotic. Blame was also directly leveled at the exorcism itself, with prosecution claiming that the ritual had fed off the warped ideals, beliefs, and religious fervor he had picked up from the group. The negative influences they'd had on him and taking its toll on an already wary, sleep-deprived, mentally disturbed man pushing him over the edge into the realm of madness and murder. Michael was found not guilty by reason of insanity and was deemed to be both clinically and legally insane, after which he was sent to Broadmoor Secure Hospital for the criminally insane. He would remain there for two years, followed by another two-year sentence at Bradford Royal Infirmary, before being released back into the world. The aftermath of the bizarre and tumultuous trial brought with it a great amount of public outcry over the use of exorcisms within the church, and indeed this became the last recorded exorcism to be carried out by the Anglican Church. Even so, throughout the trial and in the ensuing years, the chief priest who had been in charge of the exorcism, Father Peter Vincent, continued to adamantly insist that Michael had indeed been inhabited by demons and that it had been an authentic case of true demonic possession. I'm more worried about the fact that he was at a point where he killed his wife, his family, and his dog. He's naked in the street saying, this is the blood of Satan. And they cured him with four years in a hospital? Yes. I've been through four years of high school. I didn't learn shit. You think they're going to cure this man from what happened? Yeah, yeah. I it, it, it is a head scratcher for sure. <laughs> it wasn't in the article I read. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. No, I'll say. But uh, in case you forgot, I did say that he, they had five kids. The kids were not home at the time. They were at... Uh, their grandmother's house so he just kills his wife and the dog yeah okay at least yeah so the kids were fine they weren't at home at the time so the thing about exorcism is a lot of times they actually do recommend that you get a mental health evaluation yeah before the exorcism just to be sure like hey you might have a mental illness it's suggested because i think there's been a few deaths that were attributed to um they're like oh we're gonna exercise a person but it was just mental illness so I know these days, at least from what I understand, they do recommend or how they, they themselves will push you. They'll give you a mental evaluation before you get exercised. Yeah. So I don't know if this story took place in that time before they started doing that or, you know, a little bit before that. Because if he got cured uh, for being in the hospital, exorcism didn't do shit. They shoved a cross in this man for no reason. Yeah, I don't think the priests were on the best uh, terms. Yeah. I don't think this was the, like the edge of uh, Catholicism or Christianity. These motherfuckers just beat his ass and covered it up as <laughs> an exorcism. England, how do you do it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I After that, when I saw that they had released him, I haven't like seen or like heard from anywhere if uh, he did anything crazy like that. I'll be mad if they actually cured him. Well, it's good that they cured him, but like, yeah, it was cured him without exorcism. Without an exorcism, like this family went through all that shit. This man went through all that torture, 
Just to be like, oh, no, you didn't have demons in you. You were, like, legit just fucked up in the head. He got tortured like a Russian bear, bro. <laughs> no, but yeah, and I know there's actually been a couple of lawsuits uh, uh, involving exorcisms. Because, really? Yeah. Um, people have died during exorcisms, I believe. And it was just like, it's a demon. It was just mental health issues. Hmm. So I know, I, I believe, like, I don't know, the, like, I don't know off the top of my head, but I do know there's been lawsuits and people have died. Like, they could have gotten mental help instead of getting a fucking cross shoved down their mouth. I would have sued. <laughs> I would have, mm, give me my money. So, yeah, um, take care of your mental health, guys. Yeah. Don't go to a priest first. Well, at least if you live in England. <laughs> See, get some help first. And if that doesn't cure you, go to the priest. Talking about mental health, this episode is sponsored by uh, BetterHelp. <laughs> no, we're not sponsored. We're not sponsored. We're, we're not. We're, we're not there yet. No, but we can be if you give us. You keep giving us five stars. <laughs> we just keep teasing these companies, <laughs> but we can be. <laughs> hey, look! I have no problem selling out. <laughs> what the fuck was that? The forty demons. Oh shit! <laughs> the thirty-seven, because three were still in him. Look. This light's fucking flashing. I'm looking out that window, and I hear that. I'm fucking terrified. I do like this light that I installed in the office. It has, like, a candlelight effect, so it looks like we have, like, a campfire or something. It looks pretty cool. I like it. I like it a lot, too. But you know me in the window, and me and the window aren't friends. Yeah, that window is not Jose's friend ever. I had uh, just finished watching Dahmer on Netflix a couple oh, days God. ago. That I, I really love that show, though. Really? It was good. Uh, I'm actually rewatching it. <laughs> what so, the fuck? Uh, speaking of Netflix, I've actually keep wanting to recommend this. So for the longest time, I've, want, I've been wanting to tell Efren about the show. Mm. I think it's called like The Secret Life of Pets. Not the not the movie, but like it's a show on Netflix where people talk about their pets and the amazing things they can do. Yeah, like they'll teach their their pets how to talk. Not like talk talk, but like hit a button that says like water, food. I've seen fish. videos of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was one with this guy and his fish. He taught his fish how to play soccer. What? And his favorite team is uh, Real Madrid, I believe. Oh, God. <laughs> so his fish do have that Cristiano Ronaldo uh, jersey. No fucking way. I saw that and I was like, I got to tell Efren about this. Uh, does the fish go to a witch doctor, too? <laughs> a witch fish? No, but yeah, I've been wanting to because I saw the, the, the fish play soccer and I was like, when, when did they get Efren's fish on here? <laughs> Funny enough, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo did play for Juventus for three years yeah that that shirt sold so much all around the world but holy shit i'm still like i don't know how to process this look um i don't know if you've, you 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 didn't notice this because you know me and him are looking at you i don't know if you noticed it but there was a couple times where you kept like pushing your hair back and now it looks like you went through some shit bro yes that story <laughs> took you places Dude. i have emotional damage like, you know, like, after a long day of work, you're fucking tired. Your hair yeah. is, like, down. That's how you look right now. Yeah, you my, look like you went through some shit. I don't see any hairs right now. I usually see, like, hairs covering one yeah. eye. I go through, like, the emo phase. Like, the fucking, where are you? <laughs> that type. But, no, I'm, I'm fo- uh, I am I'm feel like I have my hair cut right now. I, I took your friend on a trip. <laughs> look, like, please tell me you can see that, like, tired look on him. Yeah. Like, the hair is, like, just, like, you went through the shit. Bro, this started with cheating. Yeah. <laughs> This started, uh, accused, accused accused cheating that only one party was uh, informed of <laughs> and it ended in fucking murder i'm mad the wife off. agreed to it she was like just just take care of it just get it over with that basically signed her death too yeah holy shit and just the fact that uh the priests were like no you can go home just come back later 
I mean, at, at that point, he's already there. Just finish it. Because here's the thing, too. Let's say, like, let's say he, this man was invested by demons, right? And they're like, all right, you got three demons left in you. Why would you let this man go? <laughs> like, don't, like, if you guys are tired, don't be like, oh, we'll put it off till next week. Be like, hey, man, would you be okay if we, like, put you in, like, a room right here, held you here for, like, a week? We'll give you food. We'll give you water. We'll give you everything you need. Yeah. But no, take don't leave the premises. He's got three. The three worst ones, apparently, too. Yeah. I'm not a big, like, history as far as, like, religious history guy. Yeah. So I don't know much of what has happened throughout as far like, exorcisms in the past or, like, throughout, like, ancient history. But I'm pretty sure there has never been a moment in time where they really thought, let's shove these crucifixes down his <laughs> yeah, mouth. Yeah, no, nothing like <laughs> I that. I don't think that's ever happened. One of the worst um, exorcisms, aside from the one that inspired the movie, was about this uh, pastor, I believe it was. Maybe we'll bring the story in later. And uh, they were like, I think a bunch of demons, possess- like it was like a bunch of demons possessed nuns. Yeah. And it was because a pastor had let them in. He let the demons in to possess the nuns. Because what the fuck? This man was just like, this man was corrupt. He was fucking, he was doing all kinds of shit. And I think that story ended with a hanging. <laughs> they they hung this man. They're like, all right, we got to get rid of this dude. <laughs> fucking rogue priest. Pretty much. But even then, right, you don't hear about uh, all this fucking, like, let's shove crosses down in people's mouths. <laughs> this is the image I had in my head. It's an image of a girl with, like, 20 hot dogs in her mouth. So I'm just thinking a bunch of crucifixes in this man's mouth. And the priests are just like, get more, get more, get 40, more. 40, one for each demon. Yeah, all you hear, like, <laughs> he's gagging on it. Oh, I am physically traumatized by this story. Please, Jose, save us. <laughs> I, dude, why did we? Why did? I, why didn't we put fucking Zeus as the main story? Once again, we've fucking, said this so many yeah, times on the podcast. Once again, he kills it. <laughs> God damn, Zeus! <laughs> no, I, I didn't even get to finish what I was saying earlier. How we heard the thud, and like it just reminded me of uh, the show Dahmer. Oh yeah, her, yeah. Uh, his next door neighbor. There's a vent where she would smell like like the oh, like the, the bodies like the bodies or like hear him what he's doing and there's one point in the show where she hears like a thud and so that just reminded me of that <laughs> oh. i heard the thud and i was like well there's jeffrey dahmer up there yeah nah the neighbors are nice people until they weren't <laughs> <laughs> every documentary ever yes <laughs> please jose make me forget about this goddamn story I, I don't know if I can promise you that. <laughs> Funny enough, he's like, it's worse. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to understand. I traumatized myself with Sergey. Now I got Zeus. So my story um, actually comes from last episode where I asked you guys if there is anything you guys would be willing to sell your soul for. And I said chocolate chip cookies. And Zeus? I don't know. Give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Put this man on the spot. Friendship. And I was like, I don't know. There, there, there's a lot. <laughs> He has a list. It was like, damn, I can only ask for one. <laughs> More wishes. So I used to be a big music guy, but I wasn't like a, a, a music history guy. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I know that band. I know that you know song. I know this that kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, I actually heard this story from uh, a Supernatural with Ashley Flowers, bringing her back up again. Shout out to Ashley Flowers. She's the goat. She is the goat. She is the goat. I got a lot of my information from all that interesting because uh, I'm going to give you a bunch of background first. So the main character of the story is uh, Robert Leroy Johnson, 
who people probably don't know. I don't know. But if you've ever listened to Zeppelin, Eric Clapton, bands like that, um, this man is like the biggest influence. He is a Delta blues musician mm-hmm. that every blues musician that, you know, every big one is just like, we heard this man and that was it. We knew this is the legend. Oh, he's like Fats Domino. He's like not very known, but like legend yeah. amongst like the people who are in the commu- like in the industry. Eric Clapton, there's a quote because I, I love the information I got from all that interesting.com. Eric Clapton says when he heard uh, when he first heard uh, um, you know Robert Johnson play, he uh, he said, "I realized that on some level I had found the master." Damn. So this is the man who like you can trace blues back to. Well, like you know not the current you know blues. Yeah. Our current icons went to this man. So Robert Leroy Johnson was born in May of 1911 in Mississippi. He was one of ten children to. Julia, um, Julia Major Dodds. She was married to uh, Charles Dodd, but was actually not Charles' son. She, uh, he was born out of wedlock when Julia cheated on, you know, Julia cheated on her husband with a man named Noah. Speaking of Game of Thrones. <laughs> Look, man, that game, the audiobook is so fucking... Th- I'm going to go through every audiobook because I have no time to read, but yeah. fucking fire series. And it's a long-ass books too, so yeah. Dude, the first audiobook was 30 hours. Shit. And I'm already like four hours left into it. So, yeah, Robert was born out of wedlock to uh, Julia Dodds and Noah Johnson. So, before he was actually born, his parents split because his father was also cheating on his wife. God damn. And it turns out he and some like rich Italian businessman had the same mistress. What? So his father had to actually skip town. And the way they describe it is um, he dressed up as a woman and fucking just escaped with the children. Titanic style. Yep. Oh, my God. So, yeah, he dressed up as a woman, wore a dress, took the kids, and fucking ran. You know this is how exorcisms start. (laughs) You cheat, then you get your ass beat by 40 priests. I was going to be like, man, a lot of cheating on this episode. Right? (laughs) Well, yeah, this was all before Robert was born. So when he was seven, his mom remarried and they ended up moving to Robbinsville, Mississippi. And this is where he started hearing, you know, blues music. And he kind of fell in love. And this is where he knew I wanted to be a musician. So as a kid, you know, he picked up the harmonica and guitar. And people, like, you know, people who went to school with him were like, oh, yeah, as a kid, he was he was a great at the harmonica. Yeah. He had talent. And, you know, for the first time here, he, and, like, you know, while he was in this town, he started uh, visiting uh, what's called his juke joints, which was just, like, you know, think of it as, like, a bar where you have live music. Yeah. He would just go, and he would hear people play, and he just kept, you know, building up. So, it's like, this is what I want to do with my life. This is what I want. And he fucking just, that's all he did. He quit school to kind of learn. And, um, yeah, he just kept it going. And then one one minute, he, you know, one day he meets a girl. They fall in love and he gets and he gets her pregnant. When he was seventeen, he married this fourteen-year-old named Virginia Travis, who he got pregnant, and that's actually the one point in his life where he actually puts that on his instrument. He was just like, "All right, you know what? I want to. I'm going to work the farm and I'm going to help you raise this kid." Damn, he was so close, wasn't he? I haven't heard this story, but I know where it's going. He was, he was so close. He was not close at all. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he almost had a normal life. So, you know, he starts trying to. Work- like during the last months of the pregnancy, Virginia goes to her family house and there, you know, they're like, okay, you know, my parents will help me take care of the kid. They'll help you there during childbirth. 
And Robert Johnson decides, okay, while you do that, I'm. He's like, I'll go meet you over there. But first, I'm gonna play. <clears throat> Sorry, um, he decides that he's gonna play some shows. You know, he's gonna try to play some you know street shows, to you know just as as his way through try to practice. When he arrives there, he actually uh, discovers that his wife and child died during childbirth. Ah. And uh, her parents were actually heavily religious. So they beat her ass with crucifixes. (laughs) (laughs) They actually blamed him because they believe blues is the devil's music. Oh, I I forgot that. Yeah, everything was a satanic panic in some kind of way. Yeah. Blues, jazz, Elvis Presley, you know. At age 19. Furbies. (laughs) (laughs) At age 19, Johnson would play wherever he could, which mostly was street corners. He would just chill out there and he would play. And then, um, so one of the things that he ended up doing was he went to a Sun House and Willie Brown's uh, Delta Blue. Like, there were two Delta musicians. They were doing a show in Robbinsville, and he decided to, when they went on break, he decided, okay, I'm going to go up there, and I'm going to pick up the guitar, and I'm going to play as well. And he actually ended up being really, really terrible. <laughs> so much so that he got booed, and someone went out to the to Sun House, and they're like, can you go back in there? Because this guy's really fucking bad. Oh, shit. So he got booed and kicked out. And, you know... House, you know, Sun House later said, um, like he recalled, why don't you guys go out there and uh, make that boy put that thing down? He's driving us crazy. That's what they they told him. Yeah. Random back, like, you know, go in there, get this guy out of here. You got to you got to go back. Fuck. Fuck your break. This guy's driving us crazy. Six months later, he showed up again at another one of their shows in Mississippi. And he asked if he could play. And they were like, out of pity, said, yeah, you can play. I know who this guy is. <laughs> you know this guy is? Yeah. At first, I was like, I don't know the name. And then as soon as this was coming up, I was like, oh, yeah, I know the story. <laughs> <laughs> he was incredible. He was amazing. Mm-hmm. So in, in the span of six months, he learned how to play enough to wow these two professionals. You know, Sunhouse, once again, says he was so good. When he finished, all our mouths were standing open. And then, you know, that was it for for that moment. Johnson would let her meet uh, another uh, woman named uh, Virginia Kane, but you know he was forbidden. He was forbidden from seeing her. Got her pregnant, and then the parents were like, "No, you're not gonna, you're not gonna see her." And they got got separated. We know what happened last time. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, from this point on, he just starts playing music. And in November twenty third of uh, nineteen thirty six, Johnson did his first recordings, his first uh, song recordings. But he actually ended up playing. Facing away from the equipment and from anybody seeing him. Mm. So people thought that was kind of suspicious, but he just, you know, some people thought like, oh, maybe he's shy. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't want to share his secrets or, you know, they just thought it was weird, but they did it. And his first single, Terror Place Blues, actually sold enough to get him another recording session. I actually heard a story that on his way to this recording session, he actually got beat by police. What the fuck? And they ended up destroying his his guitar, but... Um, he actually ended up getting another one on the uh, another one on the way to the session, so he was actually able to you know record that day. I ha- I've been able to verify it, but that's just one story I did here, and that's really where it goes from there. And this is the point where you know he does a session, and a year later he dies at the age of twenty seven. Twenty seven club. Yep, it's one of the I think one of the original ones where I heard of twenty seven club. Holy shit! So the reason I I tell you guys this story is because. According to legend, after he was chased off the stage on that Sunhouse and Willie uh, Brown show, he ended up at a crossroad praying, but it wasn't God that answered his prayers. Mm-hmm. 
according to a story, a man came up. He appeared and he told Johnson, oh, you play guitar? I play too. Let me see yours for a second. He took the guitar and, you know, he tuned it, played a little tune and said, okay, I did you a favor. How about you do one for me? And he asked Robert Johnson for a soul. And when he got his guitar back, he could play. He was magically gifted all over. Like, he magically learned how to play in that moment. And that's the legend that he, in that moment, he sold his soul to the devil to learn the guitar. And there's actually, you know, people assume that there's actually kind of hints of this. There's a trilogy of songs that kind of like, in a way, play to this story. Because people just think like, oh, you know, it's just, oh, it's just, it's just a legend. But there are songs. Is this a Hotel California type thing where like, (laughs) if you listen closely or Led Zeppelin, oh, if you play it backwards, you're going to hear uh, the first song would be Crossroad Blues, where he prays to God for mercy and a ride, but doesn't get any. He isn't recognized. No one knows who he is, and they just leave him on the leave him on the road. The next song is Hellhound on My Trails, where he's being chased by a hellhound, who like the for people who don't know, hellhounds supposedly chase sinners down. People who sold their souls to the devil, they hellhounds go claim the soul. And then the third part being Me and the Devil Blues, where the singer wakes up to the devil knocking on his door, telling him it's time to go. And the end of the lyrics say, you may bury my body down by the highway side so that my evil spirit can catch a Greyhound bus and ride. With, you know, the singer finally getting the ride he asked for in Crossroad Blues. Yeah. So people think that this, that these three songs are hints of him going selling to the crossroad. Yeah. Going to the crossroads, selling his soul to the devil to play. Him being chased down. And in the end, his time finally came and he finally got that ride. Or it's all in an analogy to say that Greyhound is such a bad service. <laughs> it's almost like going to hell. <laughs> That's that is, just my opinion. That is true. No, but yeah, this story really kind of hit me. I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. It's a good one. Yeah. I've heard this story, but I've never heard it in detail. Yeah. Like I, I skimmed out a lot of stuff that like wasn't necessary, like wasn't necessary because there's a lot of there's a lot of backstory, but it's not really important to the part, the legend part where he sold himself to the devil. The devil, you know, grants him the guitar, yeah. grants him the skill, and then at the age of twenty seven, takes him. This could very well be like the very first version of oh Jay Z's and the Illuminati, <laughs> right? Yeah. Current age, yes. I know um, when I was actually looking, because I wanted this to be like a list kind of thing where of people who sold their souls to the devil. Yeah. And there's actually been a few of them long before this. Apparently, the devil really isn't a music. Because <laughs> a lot of the ones I found were for music and poetry and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There is like some Italian dude, right? Faust was one of the original ones that, uh, the, the Faustian deal, if you know what that is. If you, like, it's it's a word that, it's, it's a term that gets tossed around, the Faustian deal. Yeah. Selling your soul to the devil for something. Mm-hmm. The, then there's like the you know the devil went down to Georgia. <laughs> I love that song. That's that song was in my mind the whole yeah. time you're talking about this. There's actually a story that I really liked where um this guy he sold his soul to the devil to play right and the devil played him a tune, and the guy said, if I could ever like if I had ever been able to play, recreate the tune the devil played for me, I would have just done that one song and that would have been the rest of my life. Yeah, where it's just so good. It's a Mariah Carey type song. <laughs> It'll always play no matter what. Oh uh, yeah. But yeah, that was my story. It's short, quick, and easy, and just don't sell your soul to the devil, guys. Or do. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Hey, if you want to shred the guitar, man, just go to a crossroad. Ask for God. He won't show up, but someone else will. (laughs) He'll teach you how to play. He'll tune your guitar for you. He'll tune your guitar. You'll be a master in minutes. Right. 
I suck at the guitar. Yeah. I have uh, like three guitars. I'm very like amateurish. Yeah. If some dude tuned my guitar and then all of a sudden I knew how to play, I'd run away. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, I like guitar, but not this much, bro. I'm out. I'm gone. I actually didn't know about the Hellhounds. I didn't know that was like the lore. There is a lore of like Hellhounds being the people who chase down sinners. Shit. Now I'm rethinking because I have thought about selling my soul. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I have wondered like, damn, how do you do that? Like, how do people go through that and stuff? Fucking the devil listening to this podcast going, interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like his hands like. <laughs> Every time we like look at the analytics we see from which country, we get one from hell. It's <laughs> <laughs> one hell. But yeah, like. Thinking about that, nah, never mind. I'm good. I don't want dogs chasing me to <laughs> to reclaim uh, what I have to pay, dude. Like when I heard, when I heard the songs, right? Because I actually did sit down with some of the songs, and I love shit like this. I love storytelling. Yeah. So these three songs play together, and you're like, this is a whole fucking story, his start to his end. Plus, if you're into rock music, this has been a part of the culture for years, decades. Yeah. Led Zeppelin, the Beatles, saying "I love Satan," all that stuff. Yeah, it's been in the it's been in the sphere for a while. Sympathy for the Devil from the Rolling Stones. Oh, I love that song. It's a great song. Yeah. Funny enough, um, there's a band called Crown the Empire, and they have three songs also. That's about a guy selling his soul to the devil. <laughs> Damn. The I know the first one. The song is I forgot what the song is called. I'll look it up in a bit. But uh, he sells his soul to like come back to life, and then like towards the middle of the song, it's just like, well. Can't trust the devil, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I even remember watching like YouTube videos of like back when YouTube was crazy and you would see any type of conspiracy video about how Katy Perry sold her soul. <laughs> Dude, you know what? One of my favorite theories is that Katy Perry is another person. Who is it? Avril Lavigne? No, it's not Avril Lavigne. It's another person. Uh, supposedly, uh, this person faked her death and came back as Katy Perry. What the fuck? It's crazy. Oh, we got to get into that then. I'm going to look that up tonight. I can probably, like, we, we could probably make a fucking reel out of that or something. <laughs> Katy Perry, the Cryptic Coffee Podcast. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's my story. Um, short, easy, not. We should have had, honestly, we should have had Zeus on the, as a fucking main story. That was fucking no, fire. No, I'm okay with this being the last story because this is kind of more calming for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not traumatized by this. I'm actually intrigued. And you actually have three songs to listen to when you're. I have three songs to listen to, yeah. So, yeah, shout out to. Uh, Shout out to the devil. <laughs> shout out to Robert Johnson <laughs> for these songs. Shout out to the devil for getting him skill. And shout out to Sun House and uh, Willie Brown for actually staying alive to like up into the 70s to actually give us this info. Oh, really? I think the um, I think the interview they gave it was like in the 70s. Bro. Oh, nice. So like they were like, oh, yeah, this was fucking crazy when we saw him. And he was part of uh, the 27 Club. Yeah, that's actually when I knew you. I'd get you in there because yeah. 27 Club. Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Amy Winehouse. I'm all, I'm into all of that shit. Immediately when I saw it, I was like, yo, Efren's going to get a, like Amy Winehouse kick out of this. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, don't know, Efren is a huge Amy Winehouse fan. I'll find a way to bring her into this podcast one day. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know Amy Winehouse is the devil? Just <laughs> 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 the most random <laughs> Real question. Who would win? Three priests with a bunch of fucking crucifixes? <laughs> or Satan with a Les Paul Gibson? <laughs> Ready to shred. <laughs> this is Tenacious D all over again. 
God damn. I like that story. That that's very much up my alley. I love the whole well, you know, the whole idea of like the the devil becoming human, doing human things, yeah. driving cars, playing guitar. That's pretty cool. Shout out to Jimmy C. Shout out to Jimmy C and the not humans. Oh, actually, I don't think we actually talked about this, mm-hmm. but apparently someone did a, a, a like, you know, how you, you can actually look up licenses online. Yeah. Someone did it for the exact car and Utopia and really? they found that it recently got his tires fixed. <laughs> it recently got his tires. So it's on the road. Okay. Yeah, somewhere Just, in California. Yeah. Somewhere oh. in California. Uh, that Utopia Lexus. Was it a Lexus? I forgot what it was. It was right? a black Mercedes. Black Mercedes. That car uh, uh, recently got his tires fixed and is on the road again. That means it's back on track. <laughs> Jimmy, if you're out there, come on. Come on the pod. We'd like to hear your story. <laughs> Poof, he's right here. <laughs> Shit. No. He knocks on the window. <laughs> Just. <laughs> it is late. I am kind of scared. I'm still thinking about the bear and Sarah gave. <laughs> your friend's like, you know what? I'm thinking about a lot. <laughs> I'm thinking about a lot right now. <laughs> I think the main lesson we learn here today is don't cheat or you're going to get your ass beat. Don't cheat. <laughs> don't sell your soul to the devil. Get your ass beat. Nah, sell your soul. You'll be a good musician. <laughs> There's benefits to that one. I didn't see a single benefit to what the guy with Zeus did. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it hit him. He's like, fuck, you're right. No, I actually, <laughs> so, I actually didn't write down the how he died. Oh, you didn't? No, I the, so I actually didn't write this down. It completely skipped my part because um, how he lived and how he died are a mystery. What? People don't. Some people so supposedly he died of syphilis, but there's a better story. Uh, one that I heard that it it made me laugh, and I don't know why. I think because the story stuck like that death stuck stuck out so much in my head that I forgot to write it down. So I checked this out. So after you know, after he was forbidden from seeing uh, his second girl and the child. He actually went out womanizing and he was at a bar and he was, you know, flirting with this girl who ended up being married to the bartender. Oh, not again. So the bartender decides to slip some poison and give the bottle of whiskey to Robert Johnson here. A man sees this, smacks the bottle out of Johnny, out of Robert Johnson's hands. What the fuck? And uh, Mr. Johnson, being the man that he is, picked that up. And chug that shit down. Supposedly dying on the spot because of all the poison he just took in. Jesus. No, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, for the Cryptic Coffee Podcast, this is Efren. This is Jose. And Zeus. Saying, don't cheat. Give us uh, five-star ratings on, uh, on Spotify or whatever the fuck you can. Anywhere you get your podcast. Goodbye. Help us out. Actually, fire us is the goat. Adios. Adios.